Welcome back to Rational Retriever Training, a podcast series where I try to focus on the why in retriever training. In today's podcast, we offer some tips on the use of a whistle in training and in handling retrievers. First, practice talking with a whistle in your mouth and when handling retrievers. So for example, right now I have a whistle in my mouth and I can still talk very easily. Sit. Good. So it's no problem to talk with a whistle in your mouth. You may need to whistle right now and fumbling to get that whistle from your lanyard to your mouth could take precious seconds. For example, you're teaching your pup not to run the bank. So ideally, you should whistle stop pup the instant he decides to run the bank and not five seconds later after he made the decision to run the bank. Often the cast that teaches pup best is when pup has been stopped by the whistle the instant he makes the wrong decision. If you're too slow and pup has already run halfway around the pond, he's in a poor position for a good cast to teach him the correct water entry. And recalling him all the way back to the line could sour his confidence and create a poor water attitude. As another example, I hunt upland birds out west in fairly open country, so chuckers, huns, sharptails, pheasants, etc. And especially with late season wild birds, I hunt as quietly as possible. And I let my lab hunt way out of gun range. But as soon as he gets birdie, I whistle set him. And then I circle around to a good blocking position before releasing the dog to push the birds to me. If I'm slow with my whistle sit, it'll be much more difficult to stop the retriever who may now be on a hot pursuit of a running bird. And it will be much more difficult for me to get to a good blocking position in time to cut off a running bird. So that's another example where I always hunt with the whistle in my mouth all day long and I can talk to the dog if I want to with the whistle in my mouth and I can stop the dog at any instant because the whistle is in my mouth. The whistle can be an important communication tool. You want to vary the loudness and duration of your whistle sit depending upon conditions. You want the whistle to sound similar to retriever at 20 yards as at 200 yards. So for example, for a close stop or a stop in calm water, I'll use a chirp. For a moderate distance, the whistle should be louder, for example, what I call a tweet. And then for long distance, the whistle should be even louder, for example. So basically you're conditioning the dog that he hears the same volume because he's at different distances. So be conscious of your whistle with respect to the distance. Another important consideration is environmental conditions. For example, on a calm day to stop a retriever swimming on a water blind at 100 yards, I might use a chirp. On a windy day to stop a retriever lunging through running water on a water blind at the same distance of 100 yards, I'm likely to use a whistle like So for difficult environmental conditions such as running water, tall grass, a windy day, etc., whistle duration is important because the retriever will only hear your whistle at the top of his stride. 
imagine a dog running through lunging water and you're trying to stop your dog at 100 yards and he's running through lunging water and you go and your dog finally stops. Well, the first two whistles would be judged as whistle refusals. It's better to try to stop the dog in lunging water at the top of his stride with a loud, long-duration whistle that's more likely to be heard by your dog, something like So at the top of his stride, he would hear that whistle. Also, be careful on water entries. The splash of a long water entry may make it impossible for your retriever to hear your whistle. So either whistle stop your retriever on land before he enters the water or after his entry splash subsides and then he can hear you so you can change his direction. Another consideration is what are you trying to communicate to your dog? For example, I'll use a chirp to communicate to my dog that he's doing fine, but he needs to make a slight direction change. We might have another example where up close, we want to communicate no with an angry whistle. You better change direction on this next cast. So up close, the angry whistle would be and that communicates to the dog that basically he better change direction on the next cast. For trainers that train with an e-collar and use indirect pressure, which is tweet, nick, tweet, so the dog's used to an e-collar correction in between the two whistles, so e-collar correction to stabilize the sit. At an event, a whistle known as a double tap can also communicate, no, you better change direction with the next cast. So for example, it's common for a dog in a water blind take the line, beach on a point, and be stopped. And usually handlers trained with an e-collar will give a, a double tap and then cast. For some teams, the come and whistle can be a major weakness, as we discussed in our last podcast, because the retriever has been conditioned to expect the blind to be right there, since he usually hears the come and whistle when he's picking up the bird or he's at near the bird on blinds. So in training, train your retriever to be really strong in a long come-in whistle that's different than your pick up the bird, you're close to the blind whistle. So for example, a come-in whistle is going to be very different as opposed to you stop your dog and he's right close to the blind and you want him to pick up that bird. And that way you'll have the ability to When you need it, have a long come-in whistle that your dog is understanding is very different than the hunted up, you're right at the blind whistle. So the long come-in whistle, as opposed to you stop your dog right at the blind and then just pick up the bird. 